So some people have had a very nice start to their morning. I, I had a very nice start at 5.40, when someone was so excited, they couldn't stay in bed any longer, and it wasn't me. <laughs> but it was very, very nice. Got a cup of tea and everything. It was lovely. But you know what? Mothering Sunday is a day when hopefully many people here will be blessed whether you're a mother or whether you're a great auntie, like our Auntie Haley, hopefully lots of people will be blessed and you, as a parent, will know that you're loved and you're appreciated. But also, Mothering Sunday is one of those Sundays that actually is really difficult as well. For many people, it's a hard day for so many different reasons, perhaps because of a loss that other people know about, but it could be something that actually only you really know about that makes today a very, very difficult day. And so it's one of those days that I pray that as we meet together today in this place or online, that actually we allow God to speak to us today and to speak into our hearts, whether it's a wonderful day where we're being blessed or whether it's one of those days that is so difficult for us to get through. I pray that as we hear God's word in a few minutes read to us, that we might all know that we are special, whether we're a man or a woman or a child, may you know that you are special today, that you're loved, that God cares about you, that he hears every cry of our hearts, that he knows us. And we had that game at the beginning. It's about communication. And that is what our service is about today. It's about communication, about being able to bring everything to God to never, ever give up praying, to always tell him what's on our hearts. We might not be able to tell people around us, but we can always tell God. And that's the story we're going to be hearing about. We're going to hear about a lady called Hannah and how she poured out her heart to God and how God didn't seem to answer her prayers for years. But actually, she knew that he heard. She knew that he cared. She knew that he would answer. But we've had some fun this morning with um, communication. And I hope that as we go through this morning, if there's one thing, if you only listen for this very first tiny little bit, the one thing I want everyone to take away from today is to never, ever give up praying. Take everything to God, because he hears you, because he cares. So let's hear the story of Hannah. Peter is going to come and read it to us. The reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 1, starting at the first verse. There was a certain man from Ramathim, a Zuphite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion 
because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor shall ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked him. She said, may your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time... Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. When the man Alcana went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfil his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband, told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, 
and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he shall be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. And we pray that God will speak to us through that story. Amen. I wonder if you believe the words of that song. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing that he cannot do. Do you believe that this morning? You know, sometimes I wonder what we imagined our lives would look like at whatever point of life you're in right now. I remember as a young child, I wanted to be a vet. That was my thing. I wanted to be a vet. Thank goodness I never followed that pathway because I'm now so allergic to anything with fur. It's a bit of a nightmare. So that would have been difficult. As a teenager, I just liked being in the open air and I liked exploring and traveling. And so in my head, I wanted to be a lorry driver. Okay, and it was in the early days of computers, and I don't know how many of you ever filled in those things online on the computer at school that you tick all the things that you're interested in, that you like, and that you're good at, and then they put it all together, they amalgamate it, and they tell you what your dream job would be. Did anybody else do those? Anne did, because we were in the same year. Yeah, quite a few of us did, okay. So, knowing that I wanted to be a lorry driver at this point in my life, I filled it in aiming at these thoughts, and it came up with the fact that it thought I should be a prison officer or a chiropodist. Well, <laughs> I can't think of, well, apart from being a dentist, I can't think of worse jobs, to be honest with you. They clearly needed people in those sectors at that point, and somehow that was fed in. I don't know, Anne, did you get the same result? <laughs> oh, Anne got a prison officer as well. Me and Anne, prison officer. You did as well. <laughs> okay, so it definitely was they desperate. <laughs> they were choosing those of us who were least suited to be prison officers, to be prison officers. You know what? Our lives don't always turn out how we want them to, does it? Or how we expect them to. We might have prayed. We might have sought God. And yet we look at our lives and... It feels like we are waiting for something, we're longing for something, we've prayed for something for years maybe. And whilst around us, everybody else around us seems to be getting this perfect life, we're struggling because we're not getting what we've prayed for or longed for so much. Sometimes life can be hard and sometimes it can feel as though perhaps God is not listening, that he doesn't care. But nothing could be further from the truth. God knows, God hears, God cares, and he does answer our prayers. Hannah had waited for years. In verses 6 to 7, it says this. You might want your Bible open at 1 Samuel 1 this morning if you have it with you. It says this. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Poor Hannah. Not only was her prayer seemingly not answered, but the other wife was truly nasty, wasn't she? She acted on the thing that was hurting Hannah most, and she took that thing and she tormented Hannah with it. How mean, how cruel was that rubbing 
salt into poor Hannah's wounds. Hannah, who longed for a child, had to live with this other wife who was blessed with children and who made that her life mission at that time to hurt Hannah in this way. Relationships are often complicated, aren't they? We can so easily hurt one another, perhaps without even meaning to. But when there's a bully in your life, someone who's out to get you, out to make your life miserable, it's a horrible experience. And I guess many of us have been at that place at some point or other in our lives. Poor Hannah, the thing that hurt her most was what this other wife used against her to be cruel to her to really bring her down. You wonder how Hannah felt. She must have felt so isolated, wasn't she? So hurt, so broken down by this person. Penina, the other wife, I guess she was probably acting out of a place of hurt herself, wasn't she? She perhaps didn't feel so loved because it says Elkanah loved Hannah and he gave her a double portion. So maybe for Penina, actually she felt left out as the second wife, as unloved. She'd given her husband all these children, and yet still she wasn't as important to him as his other wife, Hannah. And so Penina uses her hurt to hurt Hannah, to twist that knife into her, showing her her inadequacies and highlighting them. You know, sometimes we cause pain by mistakes in relationships, don't we? We might have friends or family who we hurt and we never meant to hurt them and we regret it and sometimes that leaves a scar on our relationships. But when people go out of their way to hurt somebody else, then it's a different matter altogether, isn't it? How poorly we make choices sometimes in the way that we act, how we cause pain to one another sometimes in our lives. It's horrible. Relationships can be incredibly difficult. And it's these kind of things that often come up on days like today that are about relationships. But Hannah's interesting because in her pain, and she clearly is in a lot of pain emotionally, she responds by taking it to her God. And we're not talking about just one or two days or a year. We're talking about years here. And... Hannah does not give up. Each year she goes back and she prays the same prayer and she asks God to answer her prayer and to give her a child. She knew that God knew her pain. She knew that God heard her. She knew that God cared. And she believed that God would answer. For us, it's really easy to read a passage like this in 1 Samuel 1. And we get to the end and we know that it ends up happily ever after. You know, the prayer was answered. But we need to remember that actually for Hannah, she did not know if her prayer was ever going to be answered. She had to go through year after year after year of crying out to God. I wonder how many of us have prayers that we have to pray for many years I think at times in our lives, all of us can feel isolated. We can feel really alone in our pain, our sorrow. The paths we tread are not the paths we would have chosen. But this is where I love the Bible. Because you can open up the Bible and you can read stories of people who have gone before, who have lived and walked similar paths to us. 
and you can see how God has worked in their lives. You can see how God has answered their prayers. You can see that God did have a purpose, a plan in place, even when perhaps people found their paths so difficult. By reading the Bible, we can be assured that God does know, that God does care, that God does hear, and that God does answer. He did for Hannah, and he does for us too. The name Hannah means grace, and in this passage, we see her being really tested, don't we? A test that brought her to tears, a test that made her sad, a test that put her at the brunt of someone else's nastiness, a test that made her feel so very, very alone. I wonder if you've ever walked that kind of path or if you find yourself today walking that kind of path. Times of testing are so hard and so often when we go through it, we don't know what's going on. We don't know why God's allowing it to happen. We don't know and understand what's going on. And if we start asking those why questions, why God, it can truly break us, can't it? Because we don't understand. I don't know how many of you have watched a program called The Repair Shop. Anybody watched it? Yeah, a few people. I, I've got to say, I've barely watched it. But when I've turned it on and watched like five, ten minutes of it, it almost always brings me to tears. It's a beautiful program. People have these objects that have been in their families for years often. They've got a lot of meaning behind them. Perhaps they've been made by the family or they've just been, part, they've been passed up inheritance-wise. And they're worn, they're torn, they're broken. They're not looking very nice anymore. And, uh, and they bring them to the repair shop. And it's full of incredible experts who can take an object, take it to pieces, and repair it in such a way that the object is made beautiful and of use again. And people are often moved to tears. I find that a great analogy to what God is doing in our lives sometimes. Life will give us bumps and bangs along the way. And we will come out feeling broken, feeling of no use maybe, of just feeling like our days are, are done and why God would you allow this? And yet what God is doing, it's like the songs that we sing, God take me, mold me, break me, melt me. And God is melting us, he's molding us, he's making us into something beautiful that will be transformed by his power into his glory. Sometimes that path is hard. And for Hannah, it wasn't quick, was it? It was year after year after year. She felt that pain. She felt broken. She didn't understand God's plans for her. But God had a plan. He heard her. He cared for every single day. And he was answering her prayers. When we pass through the storms of life, we too need to hold on to that knowledge that God is in control and that he cares. We need to hold on to the truths found in God's word, in the Bible. We need to keep reading it and keep seeking him. And we need to remember him in our life. We sung that song, Good, Good Father. I remember in times when it's been so hard 
that find it quite hard to sing those words, but I know that they are true because I can look back in my own life and see how faithful God has been every single step of the way. He's always been good. He's always been there. He cares. And so we need to hold on to these truths from our own experience, for the truths in the Bible that we find, from the truths in our friends and family in the church who can encourage us. God gives us all we need. And he is sovereign. He is in control when our world feels out of control. And so we need to trust God in the times of brokenness, like Hannah did, day after day. We can trust God. Going back to our Bible passage in verses 10 and 11, it says this. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying... Lord Almighty, if you would only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. Hannah. Hannah still pleading, still begging with God for the child that she longed for, and now making a promise The priest thought that Hannah was drunk. This is how broken she was. You can imagine her in the temple, can't you? Just falling to her knees, sobbing her heart out in the pain that she feels, making her request to God, longing to God. The same as she done last year. The same as she did the year before and the year before and the year before. Poor Hannah, broken Hannah, but she believed that God knew. She believed that God heard her. She believed that God cared. And she believed that God answers prayer. And from that place of utter brokenness, Hannah makes this promise. What a promise it is. She promises that if God blesses her with a son, that she will give him back to God that she would give him back fully, that he'd be especially set apart. And she said that there'd be a vow of acknowledgement that he was set apart for God if, he answer, if God answered her prayer, that she would leave his hair uncut as a sign to everybody that this child was set apart, that he was something special. What a huge promise. God, if you give me this child, then I promise to give him back to you. Can you imagine that kind of promise? Have you ever made a promise like that to God? God, if you give me this, then I promise you I'll do this. Have we had the courage to follow through and to do what we've promised? I had a friend whose mum made that promise. She promised God that if he gave her a child, that that child would be set apart for God. She didn't when the child was born, take him to the church and hand him over. These days, that would be a bit of a problem, wouldn't it? Social services would have a few things to say about that. But she couldn't do that. But she had a child, and she prayed over this child every single day, that God would set him apart, that God would keep his life for him, that he would be used by God for his whole life. And you know what? I met this friend, this child that had the promise made over him at Bible college, 
When I was studying at Bible College, he was there as well. And to this day, he continues to serve God in the church full time. A mum who made a promise. And here we have Hannah making a huge promise as she prayed her heart out to God. She wanted to make sure that she fully gave her thanks back to God if he chose to answer her. If he chose to answer her prayers. And if we skip to verses 17 to 18, it suggests that she fully believed that God would do her prayer. It says, Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Hannah believed that God had heard her prayer. And she went away, no longer downcast, and went and joined in the feast and the meal. Skipping further on in the story, I wonder how Hannah felt that day that she knew God had answered her prayer. What joy she must have felt. Finally, God is blessing her with a child. But Hannah had made a promise, hadn't she? And Hannah was going to keep this promise. So I wonder how she felt at that moment. It must have been bittersweet, mustn't it? Knowing that finally God had answered her prayer and she's going to have a baby. But also that knowledge that this baby was not hers. She'd promised him back to God. We can skip over those kind of truths, can't we, in the Bible? But if you place yourself in Hannah's shoes for a moment and think about the cost involved for Hannah to give Samuel away when he was so little, how unbearably hard. I see a mum standing up holding her baby now up in the gallery. How hard would it be to give that loved child to God? But Hannah had promised And because God answered her prayer, she responded by keeping that promise. Verses 27 to 28 says this. I prayed for this child, said Hannah, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He shall be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. We didn't read the next chapter. But it's absolutely wonderful, and I encourage you, um, particularly if by the end of this sermon you're feeling very downhearted, I encourage you to go away and read the next chapter, because it's wonderful. It's Hannah rejoicing in God. It's a prayer of praise and delight and worship and thanksgiving and joy. Yes, the reality for Hannah must have been so hard. She'd made a promise, and she was going to stick to it. She's going to hand her child back to God. But... The reality is, is that she was able to rejoice with thankfulness to God who had answered her prayer. She knew that God cared. She knew that God had heard her. She knew that God had answered. Her response is wonderful. It's inspirational. And I wonder how we respond when God answers some of our most heartfelt prayers. Do you remember to turn back to God and say thank you? If we've made promises to him, God, if you give me this, I'll do this. Have we followed through on those promises and kept our side of what we've said? Hannah believed and Hannah 
made sure she thanked God at the end. I wonder as parents how we pray for our children. I'm sure we pray that God would bless them, that it'd keep them safe, that it'd help them in schools and relationships and in the future in their families. I'm sure we pray all the time for our children, but how many of those prayers are spiritual prayers for our children? Prayers that God would be Lord of their lives. Prayers that they might serve God with every part of who they are. Prayers that he would be their saviour and that they would serve him. Those prayers aren't just for parents, are they? How many of us as a church have stood here and stood up together when we've dedicated children here and said we'll pray for that family, we'll pray for that child? It's a real blessing to be part of a church And all of us have a role, every auntie, uncle, friend, person you've only met today, we have a role together. God has called us to be together and to serve him. We promise to pray and to support one another as families. I pray that Hannah's story today would remind us to sacrificially pray for our own children and for other people's children too. And maybe you have prayed spiritual prayers over your children and never seen that answer yet. Keep praying. Never, ever give up. Because God is able. We said God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing he cannot do. Prayers make such a difference. As a personally in my own life, particularly over the last two and a half years, but also when I was a missionary and as a minister, Ian put something on Facebook this week, it means so much to know that the church family are praying for us and to know that we're being upheld, to know that people care, to know that God is being asked to support us from other people. We all have a part to play And I've got to say, it's one of the biggest blessings of being part of this fellowship to know that people pray, that people care, that people are standing with you, perhaps when you're at your weakest. God knows. God hears. God cares. He does answer. I wonder what our prayers would be like for our church children, what our prayers will be like for the things that trouble us most. One of the things that we've started as a family really properly got into a rhythm this year has been using the prayer sheet for, uh, the, for the month and going through each person and um, each day it has a, a person and a prayer need in the church and we've been using the church book alongside it so we've got to know some names and faces because as you know I'm terrible with names. And it's been so nice as a family to sit down every morning and to pray through the prayer diary and to be surrounding our church with prayer. But have you brought things to God even this week that mean so much to you? May you know that God hears. God is answering. He cares. Will we leave those times of prayer with our hearts Filled with God's peace afresh, knowing that he is there, knowing that he's heard us, with our faces no longer downcast, because we know we can trust those things to God. I pray that all our prayers would be turned to praise and thankfulness, knowing that God is answering, even if he's not answering how we would want him to. God is still at work and still answering. 
and as we pour our hearts out to him. My prayer today for each one of us is that each one of us might know that we are loved, that God knows us, he knows your hurt, your heart, he cares, and he is answering. We thank God for his word. We thank God for the examples in his word. May today the story of Hannah encourage each one of us. Thank you.